0: Today is Tuesday, July 18th, and you are tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Joe Noga is on vacation. We hope he is getting the R&R that he needs during the middle of a long season. I am his fill-in for the day. I'm Jimmy Watkins. I'm the rivalry beat reporter for for Cleveland.com. And he, on the other end, as you know, is Paul Hoynes. He's the Guardians beat writer for Cleveland.com. Guardians coming off of a... What I would what I would describe as a much needed victory, um, over maybe maybe a cathartic victory over the P- Pittsburgh Pirates last night, eleven nothing, everyone got involved, they scored runs in the last six innings, I believe, um, and that was coming off of a an ugly sweep against the Rangers over the weekend out of the All Star break. Um, so, Wendy, we will start here for the second half of the season. Is uh, is Cleveland going to see more of the? the rangers series guardians or the pirates series guardians what's real here
1: <laughs> that's a great question jimmy i do not know what's real with this team uh you know they've been floundering around a 500 and uh, well you know and, and you just just when you think uh you know they go into Texas. They take a four nothing lead Friday night. The Naylor brothers hit home runs in the same inning. You're thinking, okay, you know this this team is legitimate. And then uh, they get they lose that game. They get shut out the next day. And then the bullpen blows. Uh, you know a five two lead in the eighth inning on Sunday, and it just you know can't you you, you come away with the feeling they can't play with, you know the the, the elite of the of MLB's elite and. And and of course they come into Pittsburgh, you know, a rebuilding team, and they hammer them last night. So I, I think this is what you get with a mediocre team. And right now, that's that's the only thing that, that you can really call Cleveland.
0: Yeah, take the ones where you can get them in a hotly contested division race. It's a mediocre team, but it's a mediocre division. Luckily for them, um, the big news over the weekend we should mention um, that we got some some encouraging news, I guess, on on Shane Bieber's. Uh, in, injury, his arm slash elbow injury that I, I know everyone was very worried about uh, when it initially came down. It sounds like he won't need surgery. Um, it's going to be a 15-day DL. He will be not throwing for, for two weeks. Um, what can we expect? What's reasonable to expect out of Shane Beaver going forward the rest of the season? That is, assuming he remains on the team. And <laughs> related to that point, could, could this news help his trade value if that's still what they're trying to do?
1: You know, I, I don't think it helps his trade value, Jimmy. I, I don't think uh, anyone is going to take a uh, a pitcher with a questionable elbow right now. I think uh, right now um, they're probably kind of trying to reconfigure where they stand with Bieber. I would think, uh, you know, he's like you said, he shut down for two weeks. He won't throw for two weeks. I think we're at least looking probably – if he returns to the mound, you're looking at maybe August, middle of August, early September at the at the you know, and that would be probably uh, at the, uh, the the most opportunistic return. So I think this is an injury they're not going to mess with. They're going to be very careful with, and uh, you know they want him to come back, show he's healthy, and then you know so they can trade him this off season.
0: So I guess it's what might be what you see is what you get from the pitch. That encouraging uh outing from Xavion Curry who made his first start last night. Um Bieber when he gets back would be a big shot in the arm to a team that needs it. They they leave Minnesota did lose to Seattle last night, so now they're one and a half game back one and a half games back in the AL Central. Um on the on the trade discussion points, like you said, they this team's sort of been caught in the middle the entire season. Um they're they're, they're splits, but it doesn't matter if they're home, road, lefties, righties, if the pitcher has three arms, they're pretty 500 right down the middle. Um, What would, at what point would the front office, we've got two weeks till the trade deadline. It's part of why we're having this conversation right now. At what point would the front office pivot toward a seller stance at the deadline? What would have to happen over the next two weeks for the philosophy to change?
1: Uh, uh, You know, I would think, you know, the, the, the bottom would have to fall out for them to, uh, you know, really become, you know, an all-out seller. I, you know, and what are they selling? You know, they're the youngest team in baseball. You know, that's the thing. And, okay, maybe they trade Rosario. Does somebody really want to med Rosario? I, I mean, is somebody, you know, is there a team out there that really needs a shortstop that is kind of, you know, doesn't hit home runs, is kind of, you know, having not having a great year, um, you know, offensively? Uh, you know, I think if, if they really had to make an impact trade – you know, it would be, you know, somebody's going to, they would have, they would be asking for their young starters, Gavin Williams and Tanner Bybee, and I just can't see them giving that up. So I think they'll go into the uh, the uh, trading deadline like they usually do, trying to, you know, do a little bit to help the, cl- the current club and, and uh, you know, with an eye toward, uh, you know, taking care of the future of the team. I don't think they're going to make a big impact deal now that Beaver's been hurt.
0: Yeah, to your point, that the pitching staff is kind of their golden goose. It's the the conveyor belt that they keep pushing, and when all the other parts change um, around the team, they can always rely on they have they have aces at hand, and they probably have two up their sleeve, right? So that's to your point. I don't think that that will be the move going forward unless something goes super sideways. Um, on the other hand, what what needs to happen over the two week, for the next two weeks for this team to to make an aggressive win now move. What do you think that would look like?
1: Well I think they'd have to add a bat. You know, they <laughs> they need some offense. Um you know and yeah they you know they, they need some offense and they could and they could use, you know, kind of a veteran starter, you know, because because Quantrill, you don't know about him. He's already been on the IL twice. Uh, You know, Tristan McKenzie isn't going to be back until September. And then it's probably just for, you know, two starts to show he's healthy going into the off season. So I don't think he's going to be somebody you depend on down the stretch. If you're, you know, if you're still in this race, you know, uh, Bieber might be in the same boat. So it would be nice to be able to add somebody, you know, like a veteran guy, but those guys are really hard to add at the trading deadline. So I would think, you know, if they get hot, you know, all they are, you know, they're really like a five or six game winning streak away from really kind of taking care, you know, locking down this division, and they just haven't been able to do it. So, but if they go on that kind of roll, you know, I would think they go out for a bat. You know, maybe and and you could trade some of your prospects for that. They've got a ton of them. You know, middle middle uh, middle uh, infielders that they've been collecting for the last six, seven, eight years. You know, and uh, maybe get a bat, but you know i just don't know i just don't think it's going to be you know some some blockbuster trade i think they're going to try to get better what do they say incrementally yeah on the margins potentially
0: yeah um, do you have a is there a name in mind or or a player archetype in mind that you think would be a good fit for this team
1: you know i i've seen i've seen, we've seen a, a lot of uh i the guy that jumps out to me is Tony Phillips from Oakland. I know, And I don't know if it's just because, you know, he's an infielder, outfielder. He can do a bunch of things. And they've got, you know, a ton of those guys already. But this guy, and I don't know if I'm influenced because when he plays Cleveland, he, he really plays well. I think uh, Oakland would be, you know, obviously they're a seller uh, now. He He would seem to be a good fit for me. And he's not going to break the bank, but that's just me.
0: There you go. And there's also, again, we kind of reach this middle ground like you were um, talking about there. Even if you want to be aggressive, you don't want to mortgage the future with some of those yeah. pictures. So it's it's a tight needle to thread for, for the Guardians going forward. Um, before we switch gears here, I just want to remember, remind all of our listeners to to sign up for Subtext. That is that is the, the service that allows you to get all the Guardians news first. It takes you on the road um, with Hoinsie and and Joe when they're there like hoinsie right now is in pittsburgh uh if you're wondering what you know who who did hoinsie run into in the hotel lobby this morning <laughs> or what what was where was tito scooting around to around pittsburgh this morning this is where you're going to find out if you, if, you, if you want you want to get all, uh, all behind the scenes news on the guards you got to get in on the sub stack um and it's it's easy to sign up for it's easier to to not to what's the opposite of sign up for it's easier to to unsubscribe from there's no there's no trick to it there's no long-term commitment sign up for Substack, um and you'll get all behind the scenes guardians news switching gears here ones you wrote you went deep um with the the guardians baseball uh hitting department last week did a multi-part series on the seven pillars what their core beliefs are and what needed um what their organizational stance is on developing hitters from the ground up uh, I want to start here we got a new bat, we got a new hitting coach this season, Chris Veka. what needed to change from last season whenever you make a change at the at the hitting coach position that's obvious that you that, that the organization saw that there was a need for change there. what needed to change from last season and why
1: well, I think you know you know Vileka came in last season you know that last year was his first year uh and um you know he came in uh with an approach uh, you know the Ty Van burke had been the hitting coach for nine years, and I think, uh, you know, that's a long time to be a coach, and uh, I think it, he just ran his course in Cleveland. They they needed, they wanted to bring in a guy that could kind of lead the hitting group and have as much success developing hitters as they have, you know, developing pitchers. Uh, you know, and I don't think that's, you, you can't do that overnight. But, uh, you know, he's come in with an approach where, you know, like most hitting coaches, you know, you don't come in with one, you don't want to be a cookie cutter coach. You have to coach the player, what, what player does, what they do best, what, you know, work on their deficiencies. Uh, But, uh, you know, this lineup has, is based on contact hitters. You know, obviously they don't hit a lot of home runs, you know, um, they're last in in baseball in home runs. They, They were second last last year. So the power, you know, the power thing is is you know they're not going to you know they're not going to it's not going to be a bloop and a blast with this team they're going to you know sometimes they're going to have to string six hits together to get score three runs and it's a frustrating thing but you know Valleca said that's not exactly what they want what they want to do he said they want they want to drive the ball they want to make contact they want to impact the ball but you know with such a young team you know they're they're you know, the uh they're learning to take chances, I guess. And, you know, that 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 is uh kind of the process they're working through now. One
0: of the big themes that, that came out of your your different chats with Belaka from that story is he wants to have the entire organization moving in the same direction. They want to have the same philosophy from, you know, single laid down in, in Lake County up to the to the big leagues, which makes sense, right? Well anytime I hear that. I read, I try to read between the lines and I wonder, well, was was that not the case before? So I'll ask you, was there, was the? I think the the term of Blakey's was, you know, you don't want fracturing, fractured teaching. Was there at any point fractured teaching in the, in the guardians organization before he got there?
1: Well, I think there was, I don't know if it was fractured. I think there was a, you know, different philosophy because, you know, if you look at, look at some of their number one picks or their high draft picks, Bradley Zimmer, uh, Nolan, uh, Nolan Jones, Will Benson. These are all three, all three of these guys were high draft picks. They're all like six, five left-handed hitters with, with a lot of swing and miss and, and they're all gone now. You know, they're none of them are in the organization anymore. So I think, uh, I think there's a trend to go to more contact oriented hitters and to, that spray the ball around, that, you know, don't make a, that, you know, that make contact and and don't make a lot of, they don't have a lot of swing and miss in their game. So, you know, I think that was a change in philosophy. We've seen that. We've seen that in the draft this year. Uh, You know, they, they, they kind of, <laughs> they kind of took a lot of small guys that make contact. I'm not sure if that makes sense, especially with the uh, Nolan Ryan, uh, Nolan Jones and uh Will Benson doing okay in uh Colorado and, and, and uh, Cincinnati. So, you know, you, but I think that was more philo- philo- philosophical. That is an interesting
0: shift for particularly when the end goal is to generate more power. But it doesn't have, to, doesn't have to come in a big, doesn't have to come in a powerful package, I guess. I mean, you see it with Jose Ramirez, who, as Valleka mentioned, is a guy who, you know, that's, that's, that was another point that he was making throughout that story. Doesn't happen all at once for a lot of these guys. You know, Jose is a guy who was uh, DFA'd a couple times early in his career. Now he's a perennial MVP candidate. They're hoping to see a similar uh, situation develop with Oscar Gonzalez, who's down in the minors right now, raking it after struggling at the beginning of this season. Um, but one of the quest- direct questions that you posed in the one of the headlines of, of one of the parts of our of our series, which again, everyone should go check out and read at cleveland.com is why can't the guardians develop pitchers or hitters the way they do pitchers, which is a fair question. They have, it's an absolute pitching factory, obviously two very different skills, but the, the success for player development is there. Why is it there on one end and not quite there on the other end yet?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, I think uh, one of the ba- the most basic reasons is home plate doesn't move and the baseball does, you know. <laughs> I mean, you it, the skill you need as a pitcher, it really doesn't change, you know, from a ball – to uh to uh, the big leagues you have to throw the ball over the plate you have to do it with velocity you have to make the ball you know move in different directions you know but as a hitter you know you're kind of you're always reacting to that you know you are reacting to the pitch you're not you're not setting the uh, thing in motion and i think that you go from aluminum bats in high school and college to wood bats in the pros and uh you know on, on the way up i think it's just a, a different skill set, and uh, you know it. I think it takes longer to develop.
0: Well, that's that's patience that uh, the Guardians fans are are used to having. I mean, this is the way that, <laughs> the, that the organization has functioned for you know, as long as I've been around, and you know they haven't been a they have not been a high payroll team for quite some time uh, around the majors. Let's let's try to look forward a little bit here, Quincy, how long, like when you make, you know, you got a new, you hire lake in 2022, it's still trying to implement all of the philosophical changes. It's the beginning of his tenure. How long should a, a philosophical shift like this take to pay off?
1: You know, uh, I, you know, I think, you know, last season, was a great way to start if you're if you're a first year uh, uh you know hitting coach you know the the guardians kind of took the league by storm you know they they were playing old fashioned uh, old fashioned uh, baseball you know first to third they were you know the, they were winning without without the home run they were hitting doubles and triples they were stealing bases um and uh you know I think that's the style of play you know they carried into this year but but unfortunately with you know the the new rules the new rules that came in the you know banning the shift and uh you know making the distance of the bases shorter enlarging the bases you know the pitch clock the you know the only uh you know limiting the throw overs by pitchers it really a lot of teams have adopted that that style of play now and they have had teams beat them in, in their, at their own game this year so um but i think you know that's 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 kind of the uh, philosophy they're they're they they want to Bring forward. I mean, they'll, if somebody hits a three-run homer, they're not going to give it back, you know. And and they'll take that. But uh, I think you know they they've gone to more a contact approach. You look up and down that lineup. You know, these got they have a lot of guys that don't strike out that you know are walking almost as much as they strike out, or even you know walking more. So that's part of the game, and I think they just want to see that, how that evolves.
0: Ducks are on the pond. You just got to bring them home. That's that's the name of the game sometimes. Um, what about Real quick, you, there's a lot of talk in there. Blake, uh, this, it's kind of like he's towing both lines because like you said, last year it worked to play sort of the small ball approach and and that's kind of the way they have to play right now based on personnel. But you can tell they're still like, they obviously want to develop more power with, within the guys that they already have. It, how... How realistic a jump can this team make as a power-hitting organization? And, again, how long do we think that, that should take?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, you know, I don't know how much more we're going to get out of Jose Ramirez. I mean, we're, we've kind of – they've signed him for what? He's signed through uh... – for like seven more years or whatever it is. Uh you know we've seen you know he's 30, you know we've seen you know his probably his peak years. Uh but you know a guy like uh Josh Naylor, very interesting guy. You know he had his 13th home run last night. He's almost got 70 RBIs. Uh, his brother Bo Naylor, we see some kind of you know sh- little traces of power there, but he's still so young that you're going to have to develop with him. You know, Josh, Josh Bell was brought in to add power, but you know, it's kind of been, you know, not, not a, it, it, you know, we haven't seen it yet, but, you know, but guys like uh, the, the surprising guys, I think what, what they're looking for, you know, a guy like Quan, they think, you know, eventually he could hit 10 to 15 home runs a year if he, but he's got a, he, he's one of those guys that, has has contact ingrained in his personality he doesn't want to strike out you know but and trying to get those guys to take chances like early in the count just to let the bat go you know is really really hard for some guys and but i think we're seeing a little progress with that with kwan and, and those guys but you know you really uh jimmy the way you, you bring power now you you got to go out and get somebody you got to go out and get. A, this is a team at a, at a stage where either you give Oscar Gonzalez a chance and put him in the middle of the lineup, or you go out and get another power hitter.
0: Yeah, eyes are on all eyes around Oscar right now. As as I said before, he's raking in the minors right now. It's a tricky dance that the Guardians are trying to pull off. The sport, as we know, is an art, not a science. Not a science, but is going to keep running the experiments um we're gonna keep keep you informed over at cleveland.com read his read his uh, series on on Cleveland baseball's hitting approach um, that will do it for today's edition of Cleveland baseball talk once again I'm Jimmy Watkins filling in for Joe Noga he is Paul Hoynes, and thank you for joining us today